Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi everybody, it's Friendly Rich, and I'm delighted to be back with you this week for another episode of Industry Tactics. This, uh, the, the adventures of interviewing musicians that I love and respect, and this week, none other than Colin Fisher, uh, newly moved, freshly moved to, uh, to Montreal from his apartment in Montreal, and uh, please excuse the audio quality, we obsess over it at the, uh, throughout the episode, but don't let that deter you from paying attention, because Colin has a lot to say and some golden nuggets throughout this conversation, right at the end, especially for me, that really hit me. Um, so enjoy, and um, before we get started, I'm also really excited to announce that um, a new podcast I'm launching, a seven-part series called The Boringville Chronicles, will begin uh, weekly, will be begin releasing these next week, starting next week, so if you're paying attention to that, you can subscribe anywhere you fetch your podcast. It's called The Boringville Chronicles, uh, a project I, I did earlier this year with my pal Corey McCallum, and really excited to get that out into the world. So subscribe to that. Tell all your friends about it. Thank you for your loyal listenership to this podcast, Industry Tactics. This is episode 134 my chat with Colin Fisher. But before we play that episode and cue the Egg Circus theme, here's a little ad giving you a taste of what to expect with Boringville. Talk to you soon. They say if you're bored, it's because you're boring. Welcome to Boringville. Join us on a seven-part adventure. It's season one of the Boringville Chronicles, written and produced by Friendly Rich and Corey McCallum. Available now wherever you fetch your podcasts. Search for and subscribe to the Boringville Chronicles. Industry Tactics. I am here. Uh, we're turning over the page, turning on a new chapter, oh. right? Sorry, the meeting is being recorded, so something just happened. Okay. Ah, now I am here. He's talking. He's talking about, you know, he's he's narrating it himself. We're here with Colin Fisher. It says Coco on the screen. <laughs> I, I really love your laugh. Where does it come from? Inside of my organism. Beautiful, man. I like we uh, all of a sudden you walked into the place there. We were in Guelph recently, and uh, your laugh filled the. It was very. It was 
You know what I was thinking the whole time is, well, I'm just thinking it now, actually, is you with Steve Ward laughing. <laughs> would that be, that would be music to me. I, it is music, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome, my friend. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. Yes, so soon. Yeah, and you're in now. You're you've moved. We we're saying you, you a new chapter. You've moved to Montreal. Um, kind of, it's at this point, it's a little half and half. But but uh, I am at at this point. I'm here for a few weeks, and I'm going to be back in Toronto for for a few weeks, and then yeah, back in October. But it's wow. like I still I still have my. My rooms in Kensington Market, oh, neat. and uh, but uh, because this place came up so fast, and because I've sort of gone through this huge, uh, like this huge change in my life, mm-hmm. so um, yeah. So I, anyways, I didn't tend to moving previous. Okay. Okay. But uh, and my ex. Mm-hmm. And I were planning on moving. Okay. And then that dissolved in a horrible way. Yeah. And and uh, I wanted to figure out, but like I didn't want to abandon on the pro- the idea of leaving because I was, you know, I've been sick of Toronto for a while. Yeah. Um, and the pandemic, I think, only sort of fortified that. So, um, and not that I mean I have so many friends in Toronto that I love yeah. and. Yeah, and but I, I just anyways I the climate of Toronto now in general feels kind of hostile. Yeah, so yeah. I I've been desiring a change for yeah. a while, and this came up very quick and very unexpectedly, and I had no option of any other months. It had to be on September first, so Fuck. I I left. Good on you. Good on you. Um, yeah. So that. That uh wow man, I didn't realize that that you were that this is a new thing and, and uh so just with a little side order of Guelph in there, but now you're now you're <laughs> <laughs> Well and before Guelph I was in Winnipeg for the better part of a week. Oh, wow. So like li- literally I came here, I was here for like uh, like four days and then I went back to Ontario to rehearse and prepare for the Guelph thing and then went to Winnipeg yeah. and then so I I haven't even really had a proper time here in Montreal yet and now uh, like literally the day after I got back from Guelph I packed up my car with some stuff and wow came here wow. um amazing well I wish you well as you uh, embark on this new chapter it sounds it's it's very exciting and I get that I get that vibe of like that that statement. I don't think you were looking to offend anyone by saying that the city of Toronto was just kind of maybe doing something to you that you needed a bit of a change, hey? Mm. Totally. What what does the city of Guelph do to you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like during the festival or during other times in Guelph? Yeah, I mean maybe maybe festival. just more recently. We're both coming off of the uh, the fumes of what was a beautiful Guelph Jazz Festival. I mean, the Guelph Jazz Festival has a pretty deep uh, uh, sort of place in my psyche, yeah. I guess. Because uh, I was going there, I started going there probably, I guess, how long ago that would have been? Um, 
like over 20 wow. years ago, like 20. Wow. I would have been in my early 20s. I started going there. And the music that I had beyond the sort of like historical uh, precedents for like free jazz, like the stuff that I was into currently at mm -hmm. the time, all those people were playing Guelph. And it was, I lived in Stratford. So that's like a 40 minute drive or whatever yeah. it is. And I could go and see all the people that I was like currently enamored yeah. with in terms of like creative free music or yep. whatever it was. Yep. So I, yeah, I have a deep rapport with, with Guelph and the Guelph Jazz Festival. Um, it's, yeah, I've experienced so much beautiful, beautiful work there and have had the, the opportunity to play there at Handful. It's been a while. It's been years since I've yep, played there, yep. but, um, but it was nice playing there this oh year. Uh, what a strange experience to be playing live music again, but uh, it felt really oh great. God. It felt, uh, Amazing. Um, are you um were, did you grow up in Stratford? You did yes. okay. And now Steve Ward finds himself living out there. I'm not asking questions. <laughs> um, yeah, strangely yeah. enough. Yeah, and um well we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I wanna quote your um I fuck, I had it twice cocked up and loaded here. Twice, and my phone goes to sleep and I lose the cock. <laughs> so I'm gonna just improvise. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to uh, paraphrase you. The, you posted on Facebook a while ago saying, I know we're in a pandemic, but for the record, um, a lot of these festivals fucking weren't all that great or they kind of sucked. You were, I think, you, were, I I think you said something about like North by Northeast is amateur hour. That was seven, that was seven oh, years ago. Wow. That was seven years ago. So you had a little bit of a bad experience. That's a... That's a very particular experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I, I'm here to unpack with you. <laughs> <laughs> because what's cool about it is I think wow. like, we're, and then I had no idea I was going to see you in Guelph, which I think is like what, what you're just touching on there is like the antithesis, right? It's like, that's what a festival should be. And and that oh. really resonates with me, you know? So do you do you mind getting into it? Like, let, I mean, what was that like seven years ago when you had to go on Facebook and write... North by Northeast is amateur hour. Classic. Uh, uh, well, okay. So <laughs> I was doing a tour with a band. Um, basically, so some of my some of my best friends, uh, who I rarely see because they live in Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, uh, used to be in a band called Many Arms that I met. Mm -hmm. Uh, while they were on tour in Canada, actually, initially they were called Altamira, like named after the French caves oh, yeah, or, yeah. Um, or the place where they are. Uh, and I was playing a gig with my ex. This is like 17-ish, 16 years ago. Uh, Anna Linda Siddle, uh, who's a singer-songwriter. I played her band. Uh, Joe Severa, Mike Smith. Uh, who else? Um, anyways, we were playing a wavelength show and they were playing anyways. And there are these crazy uh, kind of, you know, coming from various angles, like improv music, metal, prog, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, hey, and I was playing kind of like folky, like weird folky band. Yeah. But I was like, oh, you guys are amazing. And we became friends. Anyways, 
they became the band Many Arms. Yeah. And when they would tour through, or when alternatively, when Brand and I would, like, when Not the Wind, Not the Fly would go down to the States, we'd stay with them in Philly or New York. And I became close to them. And they asked me to play, to like basically record, to be part of the band right. as a fourth member. Um, and we recorded a record for Zadik for John Zorn's okay. Okay. label. Yeah. And we each wrote a piece. And the, so when we toured for that record, mm-hmm. we played through the States, kind of like through the Northeast. And we played our final gig was in was in toronto oh yeah at at uh the great hall the not so great the hall not so great hall at, there we go uh at part of north north by northeast and tad michelak who i love and who is a saint uh booked the show there because he figured then there would be more there's money we're on on a tour it's a nice way to end yeah. a tour to get a, a like a good little I mean, we'd had nice little gigs the whole tour, but um, anyways, the payoff was better, uh, and it seemed like it would be a good thing, but it wasn't. Okay. And it was very strange. Yeah. Because, okay, so uh, admittedly, Many Arms is a very, very loud, very intense, okay. like, it's kind of like brutal prog. Okay. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued. And it's... Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of taking a page out of that sort of, I mean, I guess brutal prog is maybe a, a, a moniker for like flying Luttenbachers, Wiesel Walter, some of that sort of stuff. So it's sort of taking a page out of that, but then taking a page out of some of the more uh, intense music from Japan, like the free the free jazz music from there, like uh, Takionagi, Mass Projection, some of these things. Uh, so it's a very, it's, 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 it's a, uh, it's how do I say it? It's it's not like a hostile music. It's just it's overwhelming. It's in, in, yeah. it completely overwhelming, intense That's music. The point of it, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Which isn't what I always want right. to do, but with them, it was that was the aesthetic, and it felt good. Yeah, and got it. Um, so we played the show. Well, I played part of a show. So our first song, which was probably I don't know. We didn't even finish our first song. Yeah. And our first song, I mean, it was over the 10-minute mark. Yeah, yeah, nice. but, <laughs> but they actually, at some point, came up on stage and turned down the guitar player's amp while we were yeah. playing. Okay. And uh, Nick Milavoy, my good pal, turns around and is like... Yeah. And, and, the, and the guy's kind of like... The sound guy throws up his hands and walks away. Oh. And we're all like, I mean, what a way to kill the yeah, fucking yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. And we're all just kind of staring at each other. And then we sort of tried to finish the song, but then it was like, it was so it's bewildering. Different. And yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, and, and wow. anyways, wow. and that was it. Like, I mean, that was the end of the band pretty much, that was the end of the tour. Uh, it was like a, it was a, it was kind of a one-off. It was, a, but that was the. Well, it, it wasn't. It's just that's the way it turned what a out. Shitty, but what a shitty, uh, cap, cap totally. to the whole thing like this. So weird. So basically, uh-huh. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I, like I couldn't believe that they. It was like the audacity. And the funny thing is, as a side note, 
like I think, who is it they had the next day? Um, kind of real maximal electronic guy. Uh, what's his name? Oh, fuck, I can't even remember. Yeah. But they actually brought in a bigger PA, uh, uh-huh. and it had a, a, a like a cacophonous yeah. set the next night, and that was a, that right. was fine. Right, right, so, right, right. So, anyways, it, they did this because it was too loud, apparently. And our our, our first song just collapsed, mm. uh, and we couldn't even finish it. So I grabbed the mic and I was like, "Fuck you, fuck North by Northeast, oh, shit." Fuck all, fuck all you assholes or whatever. I was like, thanks for the cash. We're out of here. Because we got paid before the gig. So I was like, fuck you. You did it. I was like, no you way. Did it. Oh, yeah. So I, we grabbed our gear. Wow. And I knew it, it, like it, the the sound guy, it seemed like he wanted to, it was like, it was like almost broken to fisticuffs yeah. or something. I'm just like, what the fuck is up with you? Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, wow, man. I've never, I've never been treated like that before okay. since, and it okay. was uh, wow. so bizarre. Well, yeah, you, you know, it struck a chord with me because it's like variations on disrespect. I think, eh? And it's like you can, you, you've probably seen a few of those. Now, I mean, maybe not as bad over the years, but I don't want to dwell in the muck. That's what, not what we're here to do, right? We're, but but it is fascinating. I, I think there's a lot to be learned from from uh, from rummaging through it every now and again. But I think you take that and then you move it into what you just experienced, and you juxtapose that, and you go, "Yeah, when it's done right, yeah. when it's Scott and Karen and the whole team, not to blow smoke, but they they do such a job in terms of." When a festival does it right, and I, I went through the comments there, and people were naming other festivals that do it right, and you know it, right? Like something yeah, else, yeah. Zula, all all that. Like there's many examples through our country and the world where it's like, yeah, that's how you do it. It's not hard. You give a shit. No. You give a shit, right? Yeah. Well, also, it's like, like to me, even just with that example, it's like, like. You should know what you're getting into. Right, right. Like if this, if this somehow is a you know is going to rub with your sensibilities, then don't fucking book the. It's yeah, like book a classical guitar show if you want. Whatever, whatever is it? But I mean, the other disconnect to me is the fact that they had someone the next night that was louder. They brought in a louder PA, and they're claiming that we were loud. I think it's just because it was, it's like loud, but not allowed that they wanted. Like that, you know. Let's um dissonant. Let's Sorry. let's play some of your music. Let's cut to uh, what's the loudest thing you've been a part of that we can <laughs> that we can wet the palate of our of our listeners. What do you want to cut to? Well, I mean that would be I mean something from that record from Many uh, Arms, and you're on that record. Yeah, I'm, there's there's a record called Suspended Definition that was on Zedding, and I'm part of that. Yeah, but that you can't get suspended. Uh, you can't get that uh, online. I can't get that off of Bandcamp. Zadik keep that shit tight, close to their breast. I know, I know. It's, All yeah. right, well, we'll see if we can get uh, something from Many Arms. Um, yeah, hang on a sec. We'll we'll be right back.
Tuvok. I just did a thing to call, and I, I uh, while we were away listening to that track from Many Arms, uh, I pulled the same shit. I pulled some amateur hour North by Northeast bullshit on him and tried to improve his audio settings. His fucking audio settings are fine, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Are they? Where's the microphone? Where do I talk into the oh, microphone? Damn. Hello? No, Hello? you were up near the top, and it actually sounded better. Go go there. Up here? Really? Um, yeah. Okay, That's I'll just... not awkward, eh? Okay, okay, let's get really close. Um... So, so you're from Stratford, Ontario, the home of the cheesemaker herself, Montforta Dairy, among other things. Yeah. Right? The, the, Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Did, did you go to school with Bieber? Tell me you did. Uh, he's much, much younger, younger than I am. So no. No, no, no connections? I, he grew up, his, he used to live around the corner from mm-hmm. me, like a street adjacent to where my parents uh, this is incredible. One of my parents' homes. Yes. And I would, <laughs> I, I, I would occasionally see him and his mother. I, I, I think his mother is. Is she my? She might be a little bit younger than me. I can, anyways, I, I can remember <laughs> seeing them driving by in their car, singing praise songs at full volume. Oh, wow. Uh, that's very bizarre. Because wow. um, they're very religious. They're very Christian. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. I th- yeah. So, anyways, and well, I do have a funny story about about Justin, yeah. um, because he was an aspiring drummer, and my friend Nato, uh, who's also Christian, um, I think, and maybe that was their connection. I don't really went to the same church. He would kind of. Um, is my voice okay now? Is that is it better? Or? Yeah, I didn't okay. make you too paranoid. Uh, You're fine. You're perfect. You're perfect. Sorry. I'm perfect. Um, uh, so he would, a uh, native would take him to gigs and, and would encourage him to be a, like he was a drummer. So aspiring drummer. So blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, he decided to take him to a gig that I was playing in one oh, night. Wow. This is when he was, fuck, how old was he? I think he was younger. He must've been like eight or nine or something. Or maybe, I don't know, something like that. Maybe a little bit older, but, uh, so, so I booked the gig and, I like in Stratford. I would do these things where, uh, as a as an improviser, I would book shows there because there was no like I I kind of uh, my good friend Jason and I would play together, and there was people that I kind of like recruited as, as free jazzes um, to play with or to do improv shows and various things, uh-huh. and, or just make music and be creative. But um, so. Uh, Jason and I, I booked a show with us and Jerry Hemingway. Okay. And I'd also booked a show with like Joe McPhee played there and Sabira Mateen and Dominic DeVal and, uh-huh. and all sorts of people had played. Like I'd set up improv shows before I curated yeah, them. Yeah. But, um, but Jerry Hemingway, drummer of famous, you know, yeah. like Anthony Braxton Quartet and amazing solo drummer, blah, blah, blah. So he did a solo set and then played with. Jay and I as a trio. So you're bringing these, you're and bringing some of these folks through the city. Yeah, that's amazing. Proper. Great. And so, <laughs> so because uh, Justin was an aspiring drummer, yeah. NATO brought him to see Jerry Hemingway because, oh, why wouldn't you take him to see yeah. like, yeah, like this genius, you know, drummer, who, which he is. Um, so he took him to the show. And so funny enough, Justin Bieber has seen Jerry Hemingway play. 
solo and has seen me improvise with him. I love it. And during <laughs> the funny thing is, and Nader told, told me, I ended up telling this even to Jerry eventually, uh-huh. but uh, Justin leans over to uh, Nader at some point and says, like while watching Jerry said and says, I could do that. Classic. Classic. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a guy. What I so so I feel like I have some role That's amazing. in deterring in deterring Justin from becoming yeah. uh an improviser yeah. in yeah. some way. Like it's like nah, fuck this shit. I'm gonna Yeah. I'm gonna hang out with Usher. I mean, do you uh that that shit blows my mind, man. That you have a story like that, just like ready to go. Isn't life oh, yeah. just a fucking weird thing? Like that's just amazing. That that all of that. That like I I have nothing for you, but just that's really be- that's really beautiful to me, you know. And I want to believe that. Like I am I'm I'm taking that one. I think like yeah, man. Like good. Like you you put that in there, right? Like. I can I can have this confirmed by multiple yeah, sources. Yeah. No, so. no, no. I and but I think I want to believe that not not that it happened. Of course it happened, but I want to believe that you somehow like tainted him that, that experience is in there and it's fucking and it means like I don't know. I I, I just want I want that to mean more than it maybe it does in his life, right? I'm sure he may may not even remember it, but if he does, it's like it, it had an influence, it had an impact not on obviously the I don't think he. I don't. I haven't heard his music, but I'm sure it's just. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, right? And I'm sure you've heard his music. I'm sure yeah, you maybe. It. I mean, is it? Um, yeah. I don't know. Is there? Do you place any value on that? Like the fact that he's this big thing, and it's. I don't know. Does that mean anything to you at all? No. no. Not at all. Yeah. No. On to the next question. Um. So that's <laughs> good. But Stratford, yes, I am from yeah. Stratford. And, and you have you always been weird? Like it sounds like you. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have that in your fucking DNA. Like you're putting you're putting on shows. You have this DIY kind of punk uh, community building aesthetic to you. You know, like I love the. You, right. Have you had that for like since you can remember, or when did that happen? I mean. I I like to say that I was born weird, um, but but I'm sure that isn't totally true. But yeah, I've always been I've always been kind of I guess like an outlier in some yeah. way. Like um, not to say that I'm changing the direction of like culture or something, but it's well, like Bieber. I've always I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna let that go. Not 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 that you're changing the direction of culture. So maybe okay. So if we're to align Bieber with Tainting like the Beeb, yeah, yeah. Say there's like a, like a flocking pattern, and Bieber was heading you know, like maybe towards some sort of like creative yep. outlet. Yeah, I was the outlier that was like, nope. And yeah. then he went, yeah, you went on. But um, yeah, I'd say I've always had an attraction to, to stranger, okay. stranger things. Um, um, even like I don't know, like I can think of. Like I really liked the police mm-hmm. when I was younger. And you know the song on Synchronicity, Mother, like the I don't know, it's a it's a almost has this like kind of a minor Middle Eastern lilt mm-hmm. to it, and it's like this kind of almost like a Freudian uh what do you call it, like Oedipal 
like uh, maternal thing to it, and it's the creepiest, strange. Anyways, I loved it. I like I can just think of all these little touchstones okay. Okay. Um, where I was attracted to strange things, yeah. to improvising, to uh, just to, to sort of like a, a more unconstrained creative spirit. Mm. I guess I don't whatever. Well, I don't, no, I, I like yeah. that. I like it. And where where do you like? Are you? Because I don't know your like you. Are you're a sax player? Or or does it matter? No, you're a guitarist. You're a drummer. Like I see you doing all the stuff and fucking mm. killing it. Like all, what I see in in what I've seen of your work is just like you just have a voice. You just have a, a, a you know it's coming out in all that you do. So like, were you trained on like initially on guitar or how did you come to music? I mean, when I was younger, I sang in choirs and church, that sort of okay. stuff. Um, like very young. Yeah. And, and then I started taking piano. My mom's a piano, uh, has played piano like her whole life. Uh, my dad's a bagpipe. He plays peep rock, like Highland music. Okay. Um, so I've been kind of like surrounded by music in various ways. But I mean, so I started taking piano lessons. It didn't last, like, I, I can't remember how many years, like four or five mm-hmm. years. And then I eventually gave that up. And I started, yeah, I started taking, playing guitar and maybe, I don't know, like when I was 13, okay. I think. Okay. And then from there I played guitar, maybe not totally like a, maybe it wasn't, I wasn't like a, I don't know, like it, it didn't become very serious until maybe my later teens. Yeah. And I picked up saxophone like, I dropped out of high school when I was 18 and then went back when I was 20. Oh, wow. And at that point, I put, took up alto sax um, in kind of like a, it was like, what was the, it was a course in high school that was like for for um, people wanting to learn a second instrument. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I had to go in at like a grade nine level and, and yeah. do this sort yeah. of thing. I, and, and I wanted to play saxophone because I loved Ornette Coleman. And and uh, so that's where I picked up sax. So, yeah, I've been playing sax for like 27-ish, 20, 28, and 27 who, years. who's, who's like slipping in all this good music into your diet? Like, how are you picking up on that? Is it friends, siblings? Like, what's going on there? No, the weird thing, I think, I, like, well, like at that point in time, Living in Stratford, kind of pre-internet, or at least like early, like not functional internet in that way, uh, I would go to the library, and they wouldn't have an, they'd have no music. And I would have to go out of town and drive to a music store and and buy CDs. And even at first, when I wasn't able to really do that functionally, I'd I'd be reading about music in books. I would be imagining what things sounded like. Like, I was like, oh, there's this sort of thing that I think I like. I want to understand it better. And I would read books on free jazz or jazz or ethnomusicology. And I would have to imagine what this music sounded like because I didn't have access to it. until I was able to, like, go out and buy something. Um, But that all happened. Yeah, it took that. That was a process. Whereas today, it's it's funny to think of how people don't realize they're taking that for granted, how accessible things are, how... How quick that can be, but um, yeah. So for me, I had I had to yeah, I had to research things and I had to. Yeah, I like where you're at with the music and just not 
not having all that access, but still making the most of it. So even imagining what the sound was like, reading about it versus right. having it all there, but not listening to it. You know, it's more disposable in a lot of ways, right? Right. Well, and and if anything, it was just, it was engaging my, my imagination and my creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think like, well, yeah, what you're, what you were getting at is like, when you have everything, especially in this sort of like, yeah, this very, this world of convenience. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, that we're maybe having a more superficial relationship to all of these things. It's, it's like the, we're not necessarily probing the depths. We're not necessarily engaging our imagination in deeper ways because there's so much, like if anything, it's like, it becomes more, it, it could become more of this sort of relationship that just sort of like, how much data, how much information can I sort of like take in? How many things can I sort of like, because you have access because it's easy. It's like, like, it's not like the, it it doesn't, um, I don't know. It doesn't like retard the process in terms of like, like how things come into your lab. Like, Oh, I had to do this. I had to intentionally go to a place. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to intentionally, it's like the ritual of it is, is, uh, it engages us in a more sort of like a different sort of gestalt way. Whereas like, I still think that we can have a deep and fulfilling relationship with, with information, mm-hmm. I guess just to me, it's like how we engage with technology uh, is sometimes really superficial, yeah. but then yeah. like, I feel like the world that we live in is also reflected. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, thanks for trying to translate what the fuck I was getting at there. I appreciate that. That was a really, uh, that was a friendly move on your part. Thank you. I don't know where I was going there. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, uh, little blip in high school there? Like you dropped out of high school there for a bit. Oh, what was going on? Well, I mean, uh, school, I always hated school. I had a, I had a bad experience. Basically, all of school, and I mean, I'm I, like I'm hyperbolizing to some degree. Um, most of school was a real drag. Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't really have any good teachers. Um, I didn't have any have any teachers that inspired that me. Breaks my heart to hear that. Uh, you know, like yeah, fair, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I was I was I was bullied all throughout public school. Mm. Um, the only saving grace is that when I was in high school, I became like a bit cooler yeah. Yeah. And, and I could socialize with people, but I still hated school. Yeah. Okay. Um, I found it hard to engage with any of the learning that happened in school. So most of the learning that I did engage with was outside mm-hmm. of it. Um, I, and I guess in some ways, maybe I didn't find it challenging and maybe I found it was kind of like infantilizing. Yeah. Um and it's funny, even now, and thinking about it, how there's this sort of like, like I feel like there's this element of school that's kind of, um, it's like a forcible domestication yeah, yeah. of like of of humans, not unlike you know what we've done to animals in order to mm-hmm. sort of create these compliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, like these compliant people uh, that aren't able to have you know, have, a, have their own agency and, and a greater, greater sort of relational networks. It's like, it's all kind of like, I mean, the gatekeepers of, of education and work, it's like, yeah, it's basically like just creating a compliant workforce. Yeah. Every, every, everything and, is uh, safe, you know, I mean, it, 
and it wasn't it wasn't catering to what I, I like I was intense it's not like I wasn't curious yeah. or yeah. I wasn't like intellectually creatively yeah. stimulated by the world it's just it didn't offer yeah. me what I wanted so I had to find I was say, that's what breaks my heart about it is because I I always love hearing stories about like having that energy that you're touch touching on but then like and 98% of the teachers fucking suck and don't get you. But then there's one that's just like, yeah. you know, yeah. this person got me, saw value in where I was at and and fed it, right? Like, just like poured yeah. water, you know? And, yeah, that's... It's not to say, like, I think that there was probably good teachers. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're all bad. And my mom's a teacher, so yeah. it's like... You got the education. I can res- you got it, right? I can respect, I can respect the discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a teacher, a music mm-hmm. teacher. I'm an Alexander technique mm-hmm. teacher. It's mm-hmm. like, I see the value in, in like, in sort of comprehensive education. I just think that the actual, uh, the system doesn't engage everybody. It's kind of it, like, even, you know, whatever I, it's a job. And I think the way that some teachers treat it is it's a fucking job. And I've always hated yeah. working too. So yeah. it's like, what am I going to bring to the table? Yeah. Uh, if, if people aren't engaging with the work and it's uh, like the situation is sterile, it's like, I don't like, it's probably not going to be very interesting and it's going to feel like people are just putting in time and don't give a shit. So So, you took a break and then went back. Like what inspired you to go back? You you just, you wanted to finish. You wanted to move on. I, I don't know. I, I dropped out and I moved to Vancouver and started skateboarding. Oh, wow. Well, I went out started. I skateboarded there. I was already skateboarding yeah. a lot. Like, I started skateboarding when I was 13 wow. or 12. And when I moved to Vancouver when I was 18, I was, like, pretty yeah. good. And I just wanted to do that and hang out and do drugs. And, uh, you yeah. know, that was yeah. it. And I did that for a while. And then I got burned on it because I was, like, I did. I never had a place of my own. I was, like... I had a cot in the living room of basically like a party drop-in center sort of apartment. And I, the next place I lived in was a couch that was like similarly like fucking disgusting. You know, living with boys was like awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like competitive, aggressive, dirty. Oh, it was fucking insane. And then everyone on drugs like all the time. It was insane. Yeah, it was wow. like, so then I, I got out of that and I came back mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I got to, I, maybe I should finish school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that that did anything yeah, yeah, really yeah. at all. Right, I, right, right. Because, like I said, school was a bummer, so it didn't really do anything. Yeah, but yeah. I did it, and uh, but in doing that, I was able to pick up saxophone because I was interested yeah, in it at that yeah. time. Um, and. And then yeah, wow, man. went from there. Did you go? Did you? But yeah, school. Did you go post sec? Did yeah. you go post secondary? No. Okay, so you go from from that to you eventually make your way over to Toronto and find like the AIM Toronto, this whole community like that. When does that happen in your life? Like, is that shortly after? Well, I mean, uh, like I moved to London for a brief spell. Okay. With a with a girlfriend and moved back. Um, I guess it was probably mid twenties, early to mid twenties. I'm trying to remember when that started. I mean, AIM Toronto didn't exist right. at that point. Okay. Um, I'm trying to even remember what the like how we. There used to be 
I don't know if you remember Rhonda Rangoni, clarinet player. I don't know the name. Can you say it again? The audio is a little funky. Oh, shit. Rhonda Rangoni? Sure. sure. Is it, is the audio that bad? It's a little, it's a, I don't know what this is going to be like. It's okay. You know what? It's, it's, we're getting the, uh, it's going to be fine. It's fine. I feel like it's a perfect, um, Hey, Colin Fisher. It's 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 gonna be. A, we're gonna get a little noise. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if, if we need to do this again, we can. If we need to do it again. We can. It. It'll be even better, man. I I appreciate that. I really appreciate you even offering that. It's yeah. not. No, this is this is this is not like uh, this is usable. Okay. So keep going, okay. Keep going. Okay. So yeah, Rhonda Rendon. Yeah. Yeah. Rhonda Rangoni had a series at the Idler Club um, that used to be, uh, it was at Davenport and Avenue. Okay. It doesn't, it's gone. I think there's probably a condominium there now. But she held a series there. I think it was, was it on Sundays? Or? Anyways, that was the first place that we played. And, um, uh, well, by we, I mean, sorry, um, my my friend Jason Hammer, who I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, who was a bass player, uh, who um, we were friends. Anyways, we've been friends for a while. When we first met, he wasn't playing bass. He got into it, and and we were kind of you know co-inspiring each other and in conspiring and uh, and you know committing these weird sort of creative creative terrorism in Stratford uh, amongst our friends and strangers in the city and uh, would do all sorts of insane. He's a total maniac and I love the guy. Um, And then he disappeared for a while and he hasn't been playing music, uh, playing, he hasn't been playing bass at all. He's a family, but he's making a hip hop record now, which is, which I played on, which is really inspiring actually. But um, anyways, so we played with this drummer, Justin Rebello and of who I've played in a band because I played in like hardcore bands yeah. and punk yeah. bands and kind of like weird proggy or uh, what do you call, like even like kind of alternative rock bands, yeah, yeah, like yeah. grunge or whatever that yeah. was. But um, yeah. so we played, anyways, I've had a trio with Jason and Justin, and then we played. I think Justin was in school, he was going to uh, Humber for um film and TV or something like that at the North Campus. And uh, I can't remember how we got the gig, but we got a gig at Rhonda's mm-hmm. place, or at Rhonda's series. Yeah, yeah. And and so that was our introduction. And we met um, uh, so uh, Gordon Allen, like Elwood X, met, okay. uh, I met him there, I think maybe on the same show, I can't wow. remember. But, um, but then we also, in the audience was uh, this sort of old guard saxophonist from Toronto, Maury Coles, who was in his 70s at that point. And we became his band, essentially. Like, he kind of conscripted us. How fun. fun. (laughs) But it was great. Because he he was this, uh, he was kind of like loosely associated with some of the CCM guys, uh, CCMC guys. And What was his name? Maury Coles? Maury Coles. Okay. Um, and you won't find a lot of information about him. He was very, very humble, uh, kind of private guy. But he's played all. He played all over the world. He's had lots of weird connections with people. Yeah, yeah. And we made some recordings with him. 
uh, which I still have. We even played with Joe McPhee with him oh, the one time and, and did a bunch of things. We played in, and people knew who he had a solo sax record on Unari records, uh, which was maybe related to like, uh, oh God, what's that Toronto label that everything used to come on? Um, anyways, he did, he used to do these improv pool things. Mm-hmm. He did one at the Sandpiper, which was an old pub somewhere in Toronto, which is long since extinct. Mm-hmm. But um, after meeting him, uh, he was doing a, a regular, I think it was a Monday night. Yeah, Monday nights at the Cameron, the back room at the Cameron house. Okay. And this, basically, it's like while still living in Stratford, uh, we would go down every Monday. It was like our, our church. Oh, right on. And we would go down. And play with Maury and then play with whoever showed up. And I met so many people who became sort of like, you know, long-standing sort of uh, friends and associates. I love and, it. And, I love uh, it, man. And that was, and, you know, as, as kind of a weird mentor, he never, he didn't say a whole yeah. lot. But, yeah. like, he kind of set up experiences to, you know, to learn, you know, on your feet, so to yeah. speak. And, yeah. and uh yeah. So many valuable connections and experiences. When do you when do you um, meet like folks like uh, Brandon Valdivia and other other friends like that? Well, Brandon, I met. God, when was uh, it? Was through the because he went to Laurier, so it was through uh, like Laurier people. I I think the first time we met is I was I was uh, I wasn't living in Toronto yet, but I was booking a series at. Holy Joe's above the river. So I was going to, I I think, I can't remember how often it was, once a month, I guess, or, or what, was it two weeks a month? Anyways, so I was hosting a series there, and I think it was a carryover from, uh, because Jason used to have, Jason Hammer would have various like improv series things around the city. And when he left, he went to um, to Guatemala. I kind of took over for some of his. Things and then just started doing my own thing. And so uh, Justin, or not Justin, sorry, Brandon um, was playing a gig that I had created there. I, did, I wasn't playing with him, yeah. but he was playing with Kyle Brenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. And Nick Fraser and someone else, maybe Aaron Lumley. And I can't oh, remember who else. Great, great. And then I was playing, I think I played with, I think I might have played with Jason, Jason Hammer and Mark Hundevad okay. or. Okay. Wow, good. But yeah, anyways, so I gave him a ride. I it was coming from Stratford. I picked him yeah. up in yeah in Kitchener, Waterloo, uh, in Waterloo, and we drove there. So I, that would have nice, been man. how long was that? That was it's close to twenty years oh. ago. Is that eighteen, nineteen years ago? You got a good brain, and then for we that st- kind of thing, eh? Eighteen, barely 18, nineteen years ago. We'll round <laughs> up. We'll give you twenty. Oh, that's God, crazy yeah. though. That's amazing that that like you you know all of these relationships like you see them kind of just budding at that time in terms of like you know these are like wormholes, musical wormholes too that you're going to go down where it's like yeah, this is going to change your life, you know. Totally. And I mean, yeah, certainly meeting Brandon and well essentially Nick Storing mm-hmm. was a good friend. Um I met him at a show in in Kitchener, or no, Waterloo, and we just started chatting on, on like MSN or whatever it was at the time, <laughs> yeah. ICQ or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
And we're like, you know, sending files back and forth. And Nick is a total gourmand when it comes to music and is a total head. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he would like, yeah. he's introduced me to countless, yep, yep. countless music. And, um, and uh, anyways, so he set up, a, like, basically, he like created a band with Brandon and I before we kind of had really like, I think we jammed. Yeah. And then Nick's like, oh, we're a band. Oh. And Brandon and I were like, oh, okay. Okay. And is that, and is it was that great. I Have Eaten the City? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. What did you, what did you just scratch we, there? What did you scratch? What do you did mean? You scratch something? I did? Oh. Yeah, that's where the mic is. Oh, is it? Is that that's the mic? beautiful, man. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> great. It's, um, let's, let's, I just, How's that? I could just talk into the mic. Yeah, that's, that's you know what? That's a lot. Less. You're you're working so hard here. I love this, by the way. I love this theme of like obsessing over the sound quality of the entire interview. It's great. Let's let let's play like, some. Like, is the video the video isn't important? It's the yeah, sound. exactly. I know that's true. Okay, well, I just talk right. Hello, Rich. Yeah. I'm talking right into your you're face clean, right now. Uh, let's let's play something from "I Have Eaten the City." Do you got a track you want to like? Something that you think really uh, gets it across? Um, there is a, the last release that we did was on this label out of um, the UK called Tombed Visions, yeah. and uh, we had yeah we put out a tape a tape with um with and I how long ago was that um. Anyways, something from that would probably be good, I imagine. Okay, this is coming off of the uh, label Tuned Visions. This is the last release from I Have Eaten the City.
Yeah, so that's you, Brandon, and Nick. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you for that. And um, and then you you go on. I know you've played with. Um, you did a thing at um, what was it uh, with with Sun Ra, right? With the, the orchestra. Oh no no no! We didn't play. Uh, did you play? With, it was with. Ke- Caribou. Caribou did something. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, Dan Snaith. That we did this thing, uh, the with Steve all Ward. All those parties, right? All yeah. AT. We we did a special. Uh, what do you call it? The Caribou Vibration Ensemble, oh, yeah. and we yeah. played with um, like a large band with auxiliary percussion and and uh, like a second drummer and a horn section and uh, Marshall Allen. Amazing, amazing. That's on right. on like. Uh, on alto and his uh what do you call it the uh um the uvi the uv the or was it the oh no ev ev that's it sorry electronic valve oh, instrument okay. yes the ones that you know that were all bought for the orchestra members by like i think sunrob bought Whoa. um <laughs> he bought evs for the entire orchestra it's so that's wild really inspiring so, wow so I think there was performances that they did where, like, the, I don't know, either sections, sections of the show or whatever, or, or maybe an entire show, I can't remember, where they were, the, the entire orchestra was playing these... Fucking amazing. These EVs, these electronic valve oh. instruments that are basically, yeah, they're Incredible. synths. Incredible, man. Yeah. How inspiring is all that, eh? That whole universe. Oh, it's, it's still the best, right? It's wild. Hey, dude, you just killed it. Whatever you did, you changed rooms. I did. That's why I, I figured there had to be a different, you, uh, you a did different it. way of doing you, this. You saved the day. <laughs> Colin, it's, um, it's, it's, it's time to wrap up. This has been great. You solved the riddle. Uh, that's it? I solved it at the end? Wouldn't of the, that be oh my great God. if that was the ending? I mean, we're, we're, we oh are getting God. to the end. We're, we are going to wrap it up, but I, I do. That's thank you for solving the riddle. You're you, you, you're um you're a bit of a shaman. Eh? I noticed, like with your, you're always posting these things on, on. You'll post something on Facebook that says like, um, pain is part of the journey. <laughs> I've never said no, that. It's not, no, I'm, I'm misinterpreting it from 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 the art of what is it? The art of peacemaking. Oh, the art of peace, but yeah, 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 yeah. That. that's a great book. That. And then, and then you'll you'll post something about the Alexander technique. Let's get into it. Yeah, I don't, I don't okay. understand it. What is it in a nutshell? Well, I mean, it, okay, uh, the, well, the art of peace, or any of these other these <laughs> shamanic <laughs> quotes, as you put it, are have nothing to do with Alexander technique. But None, um, I know. I don't know actually. But I, was, I didn't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I have you know, I uh, I, I quote yes. uh, me. I have a spiritual practice. See? Uh, okay. th- but that's not related to AT. But yeah, sure. Okay. Like I'll post things that have uh, inspired yeah. me or changed the way that I think I I um. So, but Alexander technique is something that I came into contact with because I. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I was in a lot of pain. I had, uh, I'd had tendonitis and what they call thoracic outlet syndrome. Okay. 
for like decades, oh, basically. Okay. Well, pro- okay. So since I was, yeah, in around when my practice regime sort of amped up. So I developed tendonitis previous to, uh, to applying to the Humber jazz program. Oh, shit. So I was practicing like 10, 12 yeah, hours yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah. And then before I got this crippling case of tendonitis yeah. and right up until my, uh, my, whatever, my Humber audition, I, like I was reduced to being able to practice maybe like a half an hour oh, a day man. and I could barely move my fingers and I didn't know what was happening. Okay. Uh, and I totally failed. I obviously failed you my did? exam. Oh, I was so fucked. You I, I was fucked. Old, I was physically incapacitated wow, and I wow. was so, it was oh, so, wow. it's it, so, it, it fucked with my nerves. It fucked with oh everything. I couldn't. Anyways, so after the fact, I had to try and sort of figure it out. Yeah. And it, it took, yeah, so like all through my 20s, like I developed a yoga okay. practice where okay. I was doing yoga, like various, you know, for very, like two, three hours a day with a meditation wow, practice. Wow, wow, wow. And then eventually into my, it took until my early thirties where basically my life totally fell apart because of uh, this overwhelming, this crippling nerve compression problem that I was having. And because I was going for regular massages and I was still like doing yoga or whatever it was. Anyways, it got so bad that I couldn't do anything. Like at some point it peaked. I couldn't do anything. I felt like I was going to kill myself. Uh, I was totally distraught, yeah, 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 yeah. and I've got introduced to the Alexander, my massage therapist that I've been going to for yeah. years. His, um, what should we call it? His ex-wife, the mother of his yeah. children, became my Alexander teacher. Okay. So there was a and funny enough, I sort of plopped myself in Kensington, and the school, I her house was five minutes away from where I lived. Okay. And and on top of that, Alexander is my middle name. Oh, Colin Alexander Fisher. That's yeah, Forbes Fisher. I have four names, but yeah. But anyways, so it just felt like there was all there was kind of a That's cool. It was all leading up to this, and it was it was fun. Anyways, so Alexander technique, yeah, is is let's say it's a way of some people will, some people will incorrectly I think address it as a um whatchamacallit as a somatic technique okay. of, of which it is not because and the reason that i say that is because we're more than just bodies right. like we are yeah. you know cognizant feeling yeah. uh we're not just body we're not just these you know mechanical organisms so it's like and and i think the, the kind of part of the the thing with Alexander technique is that well, okay. So F. M. Alexander, Fredius Matthias Alexander, uh, is from. Uh, oh my God, what's it? Uh, he was from that part of fucking Australia that I <laughs> deep southern. What the uh, Tasmania? Is okay, that okay? Is that is that what well, I'm you're thinking? Probably thinking of New Zealand. Is that New Zealand? And oh, it's not, anyways. He was from this remote area. He was very precocious. Yeah. He was a, an orator, an actor, mostly of Shakespearean work. Okay. And what he found is he was losing his there voice when he when he would perform, okay. and he wasn't sure why. He went to doctors, and it was unexplained. 
Uh, and no one could help him. So eventually he set up like a series of mirrors and things to see what, you know, to try and observe what it was that he okay. was doing that caused the problem. And then even after all of that, and then having this more accurate sense of body mapping himself, he went back to act. And the, the stimulus of being in performance on a stage in front of an yeah, audience yeah. Tr- triggered a very familiar habitual response i.e. like, you know, performance anxiety, fear, startle, mm-hmm. and it triggered the same response in him and he lost his voice. So eventually what he discovered is that he was learning to inhibit his habitual uh, patterning that was in response to performing that was causing the problem. So in some sense, uh, with that being kind of a, a an apt, also an apt description of what the process was and understanding mm-hmm. it, it's it I think it's an awareness modality. Yeah. You're you're learning to inhibit an unconscious response okay, wow. and and trying to engender a conscious appreciation of yourself in relationship to your your habit and to the stimulus of your life, whatever that might be. Interesting. And for me and for me it was music and I was crippled by well not crippled, sorry. I was it, you know, I was uh what's the word? Me. Sorry, that feels like ableist yeah, yeah, yeah. language or yeah. something. I was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I had this, this debilitating, yeah, yeah, yeah. the de- debilitating yeah. issue with yeah. nerve compression, and I wasn't able to figure it out. And then what I realized is like, oh, I have to figure out what it is that I'm doing that's that's causing the problem, as opposed to just. And there's such, I mean, if you know, from the micro to macro, I can think of the world, and there's so many things where. In the world, we're not really identifying what the you know we're treating symptoms yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah 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 yeah. yeah. No, I'll buy that. So and, and you 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 teach Alexander technique, but you do you teach music? I used to teach music. I mean, I still teach music if people want to. Yeah, you know, if they're yeah. interested. I I used to teach kids okay. and basically anybody, and it was you know it's like glorified babysitting, yeah. and I eventually got sick of yeah. that. But it's, it's um, interesting, but yeah, that you. That you you're so kind of passionate about Alexander technique. It seems like you do more of that than you do teaching music. And, and that's really interesting. I, but, but the, well, certainly now, the two yeah. of them are linked now, now that I hear you talk about it, right? certainly. it's linked to a performance practice. So that's kind of cool. Uh, it, it certainly can be. It doesn't, okay. it, it's for anybody and for anything, but, but I think that because of my unique yes. relationship to music as a multi-instrumentalist, mm-hmm. as you've, uh, as you've uh, detailed yes. and, and, as an improviser, as a composer, um, and as an Alexander Technique teacher who has gone through uh, unbelievable pain and anxiety, and that I have something very uh, unique to offer right, people, right, especially yeah. especially musicians and yeah, performers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it's sort of my my angle now is that I just want to do more of that, nice. and try to and try to help people because there's. I know so many people that are going through yeah. like regular pain and discomfort mm-hmm. um, and, and negotiating that. And, and nobody, it's, it's just sort of like, it's like consumption or something. I'm trying to think about, you know, like a, an analog to previous you know, eras where it's like, it's something that's sometimes unseen. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like unheard. Right. And I was going through some of the worst excruciating pain and discomfort of my life. And it was, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like crying wolf at a yeah, certain yeah, point. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, you look really bad. You're privileged or this and that. I'm like, no, no, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like, I couldn't figure it out. 
So, uh, so when I actually started to figure it yeah. out, yeah. it was like such a eureka yeah. moment. And, and I've now been a certified teacher for six or seven years. I think. Um, so you talk about the, all that pressure of like the, the trying to get into Humber. Would you, how, how do you Fuck, look back yeah. on that now? N- not having, like, I can't believe they didn't let you in, you know, it's like, I, well, <laughs> I was so awful at that point though. I was like, I was totally inhibited by okay. fear and, and my, my body felt like I just couldn't do what I wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah. do. I couldn't, what I was capable of doing, I wasn't able to do. Okay. I felt totally inhibited uh, by my, you know, this debilitating condition that I had. So, any any, any regrets um, with that? Yeah, like not with, having gone to Humber? Do, do you give a fuck? I mean, I don't give a fuck just because, like, I mean, this is the this is the track that yeah, I'm baby. on. Like, I can't change. <laughs> That's the answer I was looking for. Well, like I mean, it'd be like I mean, imagine having regret over yeah. something that you that's that's a non-reality. Yeah, it's like yeah. fair enough. Like I feel like people that get caught up yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's such yeah. a it's a trap, and it's an infinite one. It's like, well, you'll never change that. Yeah, so yeah. you be you, yeah. So so and, and the thing that I, the way I look at it, as much as that, I've sort of like undergone this this innumerable sort of like stresses, anxiety, and pain. I have something to offer someone now. This is all part of my wheelhouse and my understanding yeah. of like those pressures that, you know, and it's like, I now have something very vital to offer. Other people, well, I so. hear it in your, your output, man. Like, it's like, I, what I'm really interested in, like your music lately as it's just very like, um, it ain't, uh, many arms. Let's put it, let's put it <laughs> that way. Right. Like it's, it's very you mean like this, the solo yeah, records like that the, I put out. That's sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, mm, yeah, like the last album, the Reflections of the Invisible World, the this the record I did with Jeremy um, Greenspan yeah. and and uh, David Suka at uh, at Halicline Trance. Um, it's a very yeah, it's kind of like meditative. It's, a, it's meditative. A, it's very parasympathetic to the to the more sympathetic of uh, yeah. of many arms. It's a very yeah, it exists in a much different sort of. Uh, Pulse. Yeah, nicely, nice. And is that is that like all influenced by not only your spirituality but also like Alexander technique and all of that? Is, is all that wrapped up in this? I don't. I think it's just my appreciation of like, I, like there's a lot. There's a lot in it. I, I mean, like I, I, I went too far. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's kind of like like there's so much music that I love. There's so many ways. Like, I feel like I, for whatever, you know, whatever it is, I have my personality and my personality will come through whatever it is that I do, no matter, because it's like, like, imagine only being excited. You know what I mean? Like, imagine only yeah, being relaxed. Yeah. It's like, what a fucking right, drag. Right. right. Like, yeah. like, like, I want to feel the whole range of my experience as a human right being. On, man. Right on. You are. And part yeah. of it part of it might come out in a record that's like very relaxed yeah. and very, and you know, obviously even during the pandemic, it's like, what a perfect time to give a sort of like, you know, the, a bomb B A L M of, you know, like, like oral delight in that way where people can listen to something and, and kind of drift into something that feels very like a, like a, you know, yeah. a, a comforting, a comforting feeling, a parasympathetic yeah. repose. How did you, or something, how did you, sp- how did you spell that? 
bomb b-a-l-m you know like a bomb like a, you like know a like a bag bomb like a fear for the <laughs> ball sack it's, 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 isn't it b-a-l-m yeah that's what i said i said b-o oh i said b-a-l-m oh, dude the audio is so bad oh it's my official. god it the audio is kind of distorted i i heard a typo so he had it right b-a-l-m oh my god Sorry. What are you gonna do? You can't apologize. You're uh, you're you're killing it. You're bringing the wisdom. Look, I want to play something from that recent, your re- most recent release. It, does that make sense? Okay. Sure. Um, we're gonna go out on uh, a tune of your choice from your latest. Oh God, I can't even. I don't know. Pick anything. That's okay, all good. We'll go with uh, we'll go with the fir- the first track then. Um, okay. All right. That's always that's always good. We'll go with uh, zero experience how's that okay great uh this has been a delight as as we're uh, before we go to zero experience colin where can people learn more about your music well uh i mean i have a website that's sort of functional at colinfisher.org okay. um there's links on that um You're on- most of my records are on band camp of some yep. kind yep. You can follow me on Instagram if you care. Do the homework. Colin Alexander Fisher on Instagram. Okay. I don't know, whatever. I, you know, I functionally use social media to uh, yeah. to spread woo messages of. Well, uh, that's what led us here in a lot of ways. Of uh, what, what was the thing you said? Pain go through the pain yeah. of yeah. being. It, it, or, it has a know. place too. Well, what, what, what if you're <laughs> for a young? Because you've had such an interesting path here, and. Um, yeah. For a young musician or a young creative thinking about getting into this this game, this this adventure, right. what would you, what would be a, a a a nugget of wisdom you'd want to share with them? Wow. Um. I mean, this may come off as woo woo, uh, but listen to yourself deeply. Mm-hmm. It's like to me, all the mystery. If there's anything. So I've had these encounters, well, uh, R.I.P. Milford Graves, but um, mm-hmm. I was, there was a period of time for about three or four years where I go and visit him oh, wow. a couple or a few times a year and hang out at his laboratory in his Amazing. basement. And without, I, I mean, I guess I have to condense things because we're wrapping up, but it's like, that's something that he said to me mm-hmm. and that is not woo at all. Mm-hmm to listen to yourself deeply um, because literally the secrets to expression, to music, to, uh, to well-being, homeostasis, whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. like, it's all, all of those messages are inside us. And that's, that's the, you know, that's the, uh, the alpha point of, of creative expression is, is it's, it's like, uh, because it's like his whole thing, as a as a doctor, as, as a sorry, as a scientist, as a musician, he was hearing, and a cardiologist, he was hearing uh, cardiology patterns, uh, like functional arrhythmias, like i.e., like patterns yeah. that the heart yeah, creates yeah. that are that are uh, a, a sort of like an attempt to sort of um, reboot or re-stimulate the organism back into balance. He was hearing those patterns in the West African Bata like drumming ensemble. So he was Sick. he was like, oh, so there's a you know the parasympathetic 
to the sympathetic sort of range in the in in the band. And he's each of these patterns are all riffing on like functional arrhythmias that the heart produces. And also from his research, he's realizing that those are also not just ryth uh, rhythmic, they're also melodic. Right. And all of his research was then used by stem cell researchers. In, in he became sort of a cultural That's ambassador incredible. for this Italian stem cell research, and they realized that his that his data, these functional arrhythmias that he was taking from people, uh, of which I was also recorded, um, he used they used these patterns, and they actually because they were using random electrical stimulation to try and stimulate cells, and these actually worked, and and the advent of stem cells would happen in response to these patterns, these electrical patterns. Mm. And when these cells um, sort of dance into life, they create melodies. So it's like right down to the cellular sort of structure, to the sort of the, the structure of the various liquid, uh, like sort of like liquids and pre pressured liquids in the body and the patterns that create, it's all music. So it's dancing all inside of us. So listen to yourselves deeply. Oh my God! And that's where all kind. Of, I mean, to me, that's where like, like, and none of it's fixed. It's all dynamic. It's like you have this thing heart heart rate variability. It's like yeah. your heart changes the the sort of like rhythm of all these sort of pressured sort of liquids inside your body mm. are all, uh, if functioning in a healthy way, are in response to dynamic stimulus. If you're sitting, yeah. if you're running, if you're laying, whatever it is. Yeah. So then the music changes. The music has to change in in accord with the stimulus of your lives. So it's like, wow. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> oh, fuck, you did it, man. You did, we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Shout out Brody West. We did it. Shout out Brody West, and we did it. That that was something that I wasn't expecting. That um, thank you for every every nugget, my friend. That was uh, that was a delight. We could we could. I I feel like you're just warming up here, aren't you? I mean, this is nothing. Yeah. See that? This is nothing. Hour and seventeen <laughs> minutes. He was punctual. He was right on time. Ready. I tried. Yes. Um. Well, I I wish you well. I wish you well on your new adventures in 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 Montreal. And um, thanks, Rich. And I, I hope uh, I hope we get to see each other and, and make music sometime. I would really uh, enjoy that. That would be lovely. Yeah, man. Great. All right. Take care. I'm going to stop okay. recording now. Okay. You too. Thanks. Right.
lovely um thanks again colin for being a part of the podcast and thank you for your listenership dear listener come back again next week for another interview on industry tactics that was colin's zero experience from his latest release reflections of the invisible world 
And uh, check out colinalexanderfisher.bandcamp.com for all things Colin Fisher. And go to friendlyrich.com to learn more about my work. And once again, subscribe to the new podcast coming out this week coming. It's called The Boringville Chronicles. And we'll see you again soon right here on Industry Tactics. Bye for now.